Welcome to the Bean Ball, the most exciting podcast about the most boring sport. My name is Joey Price. And my name is Brady O'Callaghan. And with us today, a very special guest, a friend of ours from our softball salad days. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, please welcome to the show, Greg Helmstetter. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I don't know it's when we started clapping, but yeah, that's a new thing that we're well, that doing. That was the crowd, I thought. Uh, <laughs> yes, the thank softball you. crowd. Don't, yeah, don't you know break the the uh, illusion of. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Now, if everyone could be very quiet the whole rest of the episode, that would be great. We are filming live in yeah. front of a live studio audience here. Yeah. Uh, Greg is uh, of a Cincinnati Cincinnati Reds fan, uh, so he's here to talk about that. We'll probably talk about home runs as well because that's the the rage these days uh, at the end of the season to talk about and the reds uh, have a, pl- a player in in second place in the league oh right with home runs with home so. runs yeah oh wow behind pete alonzo so yeah you know, it's worth saying something yeah yeah for sure uh, so yeah i'm excited to get into it yeah first off as always let's jump into some news um it's we're about a week away from playoffs essentially uh, and it looks like most divisions are almost completely wrapped up. Yeah, I was really hoping it would be a little bit more exciting at the end, but it, the Cubs completely blew it this last weekend. They, they and, jumped the balls. Yeah, and it, it so it looks like the AL wild card is like the only thing that is going to be exciting at the end of the year. I find it exciting that the Brewers are making a charge for the playoffs yes. without Yelich. I know, it's crazy. Have you heard... Um, this is maybe Bill Simmons, his Ewing theory. Uh, it's a pretty fun theory. His theory is that like teams, when they lose a good player, play better. Oh, wow. Very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I mean, the Brewers have been, they've just been on a tear since Yelich has gone down. Uh, Craig Council's a great manager too. <laughs> He's, he knows baseball. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. um, so anyway, uh, yeah, hopefully, you know, they could maybe keep things... The Brewers could maybe keep things a little exciting in the NL Central. The Indians could still keep things exciting in the AL Central. But most likely, it's going to be... It's going to come down to what Cleveland, Tampa Bay, A's in that wild card, the AL wild card, that might be exciting. Three teams for two spots. Yeah, it's looking like it. Because everything else is like... Everyone's got a four-game lead otherwise. Yeah. With not that much to go. So... A little bit anticlimactic at the end, considering how things were maybe looking three weeks ago. But still, I like yeah. I like getting ready for the playoffs. Six weeks ago for the Reds, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll have a playoff episode next week, a little playoff preview episode uh, for you next week. Yeah, so get excited. Get excited for the playoffs. <laughs> um, okay, uh, in other news, Ronald Acuna Jr., he is three steals away from having a 40 home run, 40 steal season where and only like four players have ever done that in major league baseball history he probably isn't going to get those three steals i think i think with the braves going into the postseason they're going to be cautious with him don't want to risk the injury wise but i just want him to go for it Mm -hmm. if i'm acuna i'm stealing (laughs) a a base every single pitch look all he needs is one game right that's it yes yeah Three three times you're on. You know? Yeah, you only need to get on twice. Yeah, you can yeah. steal two. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, if you're really good, maybe just once. <laughs> get a walk. Very true. Yeah, steal home. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. If, I don't know if he's got Billy Hamilton speed. <laughs> yeah, you know? I don't know either. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing is that he's like very good at 
hitting home runs and extra base hits, yeah, which uh, but, <laughs> makes it harder. Is that what that other 40 is? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but still, it uh, would, be, would be very fun. It's been a long time since somebody's done that, and it's a, a cool feat. Yeah. So, Yeah, for sure. Keep eye on it. I love seeing records broken. I'm, I'm just going to say it. Whoa. <laughs> That's okay. a hot take. You heard it here first. <laughs> um, great. Uh, in some news that uh, I care very deeply about, uh, Jose Ramirez is set to be activated tomorrow. And guess what? The tribe really needs him <laughs> this yeah. last week. Yeah, they really do. And that's actually, I, th- I thought he might not be coming back the entire season, even if they got into the postseason. So, yeah, it's good that he's coming back. Yeah, it's great. Because, yeah, they do need him. They need anything anything they can get at this point, <laughs> I think, to the yeah. push. Yep. One Ohio team's got to make it into the playoffs this year. Let's hope so. Yeah, I mean, th- right. that's the rule, I think. Uh, <laughs> oh, is that a rule? Yeah. Well, yeah, election year coming up. Finally, in news that is um, that I'm happy about, uh, Bruce Bochy, manager of the San Francisco Giants, got his 2,000th win uh, last week. Uh, that's He's managed the Padres in the 90s and early 2000s, and he went to the Giants. And between those two teams, he amassed 2,000 wins. I believe he has a losing record. I think he has over 2,000 losses. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, but you, only, like, 10 managers have 2,000 wins in the history. So Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's not that's pretty good. It's good. He did yeah. all right. And I also, they uh, he announced that he was going to retire at the beginning of this season. And I remember looking and being like, oh, they have to win, like, 76 games for him to get to 2,000. They're probably not going to do that. So I am happy for that. At least it was a little bit of a surprise season for them. Yeah, they, they had uh, some slow starts, and they're like, "Are we going to get rid of Bumgarner? Maybe not." Mm-hmm. And they're like, "We're just good enough." At the yeah, break. they got and... like hot at the right time for mm-hmm. them not to do anything, so maybe at the wrong time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it was an okay year. They although they are possibly going to have the worst home uh, record in their franchise history in over a hundred years. Wow, they might uh, end up breaking that. So they've been very good on the road. Well, that's for the fans, you know? Yeah, that's, yeah do it for the fans. Yeah. <laughs> we love seeing records broken. <laughs> that's true. That's definitely true. <laughs> Don't care how you know bitter they might be. Make you feel. Um, I think that's all the news. Any any news that you have off the top of your head, Greg? Uh, man, I don't. Uh, yeah, we're putting you on the spot. Yeah, I know so. that was. A, I would have came with a tidbit yeah. if I had realized. Uh, yeah. Well, well, we've never done that before. <laughs> no reason to ever expect us to do that. So. Nobody's ever asked. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's kind of what I was thinking. It's like, well, we've never asked. Maybe all of our guests have been disappointed mm. that they've been like, oh, I had this piece of news that I. The first one that I'm prepared for. That. <laughs> yeah, and the first one that didn't have it. Uh, I'm oh. sorry, Greg. Wow. That's okay. I'm like, I should know some news. I work in no. news. No. No, nothing, well, you shouldn't because nothing else happened in baseball this week. Yep, that's no, it. That's everything right. that happened. Yeah, that's everything. We covered it pretty yeah. good. All right, so we're going to talk some Reds. As always, we're drinking yeah. a little beer on the pod. Yeah, we're drinking a little gulp, 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 gulp beer from Platform. They are in Cleveland, Ohio, but it was the Ohio beer I could get my hands on. Yep. Uh, this is called Do You Even DDH, Bro? <laughs> Love it. What's the DDH? Double dry hopped. <laughs> cool. <laughs> uh, I think what that means is that they, I think there's like a like a hop um, powder, essentially, oh, okay. that they add to 
beer sometimes to like make it hoppier. Mm. Anyway, I think this is really good. Yeah, I, it's tasty. Yeah. I'm I'm, uh, I'm a novice as far as uh, you know hoppy uh, IPAs go. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I was mentioning prior to this conversation, I'm a fan of regular beers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I eat the, the crappy tasting ones. Uh, and you were saying that uh, Cincinnati, a beer that we uh, could not find here but is a local treasure, mm-hmm. is the what? It's a hootapole, uh, or as the locals like to call the locals like to call it, uh, hootie, hootie. hootie. Uh, yeah, there's a big, uh, big sign off of I-75 uh, north of town. It says hootapole, and it's sort of a an amber lager, and it uh, really doesn't taste that great. <laughs> but it's been around for a long time. Um, uh, Germ- uh, Cincinnati is a, a heavily German area, so it's known for its pork and its beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, fun tidbit. I'm going to just go with my Cincinnati trivia right now. Uh, the In the early days of the Reds, they, um, they were in and out of the league, uh, NL, and at one point they got kicked out of the NL, uh, this is back in the 1800s because they served beer at the games and opened the stadium on Sundays. Oh wow! Wow! <laughs> wow! Pretty scandalous. Of yeah, them right. To do. It's like the polar opposite of Chick Fil A. That would not fly in Ohio these days. So yeah. <laughs> couldn't handle that. They need to drink on Sundays. Uh huh. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I I sometimes think about I I do wish I could have a time machine to see those like real early days of baseball of just like standing in the middle of the field I imagine <laughs> yeah. to watch a game mm-hmm. uh, no rules being able to throw beer bottles on the field oh wait uh, we still do that <laughs> yeah for sure yeah, yeah. it's well, a tradition you know yeah yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, Ohio, we're very traditional in Ohio. We we yeah. appreciate those traditions. So you'll, I think, get that through my my trivia today. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Um, but yeah, great beer. Good beer. We love it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, very good. Shall yeah. we? Yeah. Music. Walk up music. Let's do some walk up music. All right. As always, we do a little Bad Bunny check in, and I, this is it's kind of a sad trend. Reds have no players with a Bad Bunny walk-up song. Yeah, it's bad. Man, I didn't... Uh, man, I, sh- I got to pay more attention to their walk-up songs. <laughs> yeah. The more critical parts of the game. For Yeah, very, yeah, very, very important. Um, yeah, I mean, for the longest time, every single team had Bad Bunny on that list. And then we've been in a slump with the Twins, the Padres, the Red Sox, none of, and now the Reds. I'll tell you what. Uh, they do have uh, quite a few Ozuna songs on there which uh i believe is another reggaeton artist okay. so maybe they just got a personal preference maybe they're just trying to set themselves apart yeah they're cl- they, they got an ozuna clubhouse not a bad bunny clubhouse. <laughs> yeah for sure and that's, that makes sense yeah <laughs> it's cultural i suppose uh, you know <laughs> yeah they like to do things a little bit traditional in a different way i guess so, I guess so. <laughs> all right but uh yeah let's jump into some other ones uh we're gonna kick it off with tucker barnhart mm. and he's got a classic That has a classic intro, dude. Hey, hey, mama said the way you move gonna make you sweat, gonna make you groove. It's a little Led Zeppelin black dog. Yeah. How do we we feel? I like it. Love it. It's fantastic. (laughs) Yeah, it's good. Uh, Sorry, Tucker Barnhart. What is... What do you know what he is? He's a gold-gloving, gold-glover catcher. Okay, so this is his... uh, Yeah, this is good. I like this a lot. Yeah. He had. This is the first time I've seen this. 
uh, but the it is true of two Reds players. They have uh, a song and then a specific second time batting walk-up song. Oh. And Tucker's also a different Led Zeppelin song. <laughs> okay. Sure. My dude loves it. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> All right. It, it's the, the first 30 seconds is critical. Yes. You have to have something that just drives it home. Or yeah. It's not good. Yeah. Like sometimes we're like, oh, they must come in the chorus. But I think it's better if they if you can find a song where it's like recognizable right away mm-hmm. uh, at the beginning of the song. I think that's great. Yeah. Anyway. Really For sure. Good. I like it a lot. All right. Up next, we've got Eugenio. Uh, is that Eugenio. Eugenio. Yep. Yep. Wow, dude. That. <laughs> It's a, is a much cooler way to pronounce it, and I love it. That's uh, according to Reds Hall of Fame announcer Marty Brenneman. Oh, uh, boy. We'll be talking about him in a little bit. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, I'm just dropping tidbits. He's got Natty Natasha featuring Ozuna. Criminal. It's definitely vibey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This has got to be one where it has to come in in a chorus, right? There it is. I'd say it gets there. Yeah. It, it gets there. That's a slow developing one. Yeah. He, he must come in here. He, I was going to say he probably walks slowly to the batter's box. <laughs> yeah, he really takes his time. Um, yeah. Good. I mean, again, always nice to hear a female artist mm-hmm. underrepresented on these lists. Definitely. Always. So, yeah, nice to hear that. Uh, I, you know, it's, uh, it's there's something to say for you know the slow burn intro song though. Uh, he, he's a patient batter, I think, is what it's. Or, uh, maybe. <laughs> yeah. No, I, that's a good read. I love that read. <laughs> I don't even think that's true. He's got a lot of strikeouts. <laughs> Uh, but maybe he's trying to project that vibe onto the you know opposing pitcher. Yeah, and maybe he's trying to set the tone for its at his at bat. I mean, uh, you know, with Joey Votto on the team, he's very he's got the greatest eye, uh, strike zone eye. Right, right. And not everybody has that kind of patience. Uh, sure. So maybe yeah. he needs something to kind of hold him back a little. Yeah. To start it out. Hey, it's smart pitches. Whatever works. Whatever works. That's what I would. That's my what I would do if it were me. <laughs> All right, up next we got Sonny Gray uh, with Gift, spelled G Y F T. Okay, I hate it already. Like Lift. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the song is They Just Don't Know. So, this is what he probably listens to to warm up at the top of the game. Yeah, yeah. It's not bad. It comes into its own there. Yeah. Um, I kind of like that sample. Yeah, I like it too. It's got a good rhythm to it, and it's like, I'm getting there. Just you (laughs) wait. Yeah. It's going to happen. Yeah. It's not bad. Yeah, he probably starts off a little rocky too, just like the song. Again, they're just projecting what they want out of their performance. You know, and I, I can't, I can't imagine that they have these songs all season long, do they? They probably change them up a little they, bit. They, yeah. they, must. yeah. I mean, they must. This is when we Weeg is still on the list that we reference. So, oh yeah, I yeah. have to. Oh no, he I, still sometimes hits for the rest. <laughs> <laughs> it's really troublesome when we're playing the Indians. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, we don't like it much either. Yeah. <laughs> 
I actually have a high opinion of him after after he's played in Cincinnati, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love, yeah. We we stand for Puig on this podcast. Yeah. Better. We good, think he's good. Great. That's good to hear. <laughs> yeah. He's, he, he, they, the media gives him too much negative attention. Yes, definitely. He's a passionate guy. <laughs> yeah. I love, yeah. He does a yeah. lot of, he does, does a lot of good for the community, too. He's very involved right away in Cincinnati. And I heard the same for uh, Cleveland as well. Yeah. It was like his second week and he went to like a kid's camp. Um, that are all like battling cancer and he was like hey this changed my life we're like I lo- yeah I love you <laughs> yeah that's great um okay alright not bad yeah pretty good up next Kyle Farmer getting our country one no. yeah, there we go and his name is Kyle Farmer yep. this is exactly it's called Tim McGraw down on the farm <laughs> no <laughs> hey Joey can you guess whether or not I love this yeah, you love it. I love it, dude. <laughs> this is perfect. <laughs> it's great. This is actually everybody in Ohio's favorite walk-up song, <laughs> yeah. including Cal. <laughs> this really speaks to our hearts. Oh, God. Getting down, Getting on, the down farm. on the farm. I yep. grew up on a farm, so you know. Is this what being on a farm was like? It's exactly like that. <laughs> it's like a Tim McGraw music video from the 90s. <laughs> White t-shirts, barbecue stains. You have it. You know, that's it. That's it? Yep. It's a recipe for success of walk-up music in my book. Uh, all right. All right. I approve of it, actually. <laughs> yeah. I, I love it. All right, up next. Hey, I honestly think Save the Best for Last. Joey Votto, great eye for the strike zone, and I think he's got a great oh. eye for a walk-up song. Yeah. It's the Isley Brothers' work to do. Ooh. Yeah, probably he probably brings in a little later than this, but this is still great. Yeah, I mean he's got time to let this <laughs> stew. Yeah, this is great. Mm. It's really good. Okay. I like forgot to talk just because. I like that song so much. It It just speaks so much to his personality. I think it really does. Yeah. Yeah. It's the chorus, though. Yes, it's got to be the chorus. It's also like he's going up there to do a job. Yep. He's like a garbage man, almost. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He just does, you know, goes through the motions. Really good. I think it's very, very Votto. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I mean... I don't know if it. I don't think it's going to take the throne. The throne being rubber, rubber band, band man. But I think it's top three. I think so too. And oh. it has skyrocketed the Reds to, towards the top of the oh. uh, the 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 best ones for there sure. He has between, raised the overall value between oh, that right. and Led Zeppelin. The mm-hmm. Tucker Barnard. Yeah, and down on the farm one. for sure. Okay, yeah. no. I mean, come on. Uh, I was... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's I a... mean, if we're talking top four, we're probably going to throw in Tim McGraw on there. I mean, you've got to have one good Tim McGraw song on that. Uh, on that on but that anyway, one. really good. I love Joey yeah. Votto, and that just like gives me more reason to like him. Yeah, he's definitely got some style, I think. Yeah. He's, he's not, he doesn't gloat either. That's yeah. not a gloat, gloating yes. kind yeah, of song. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Yeah, it is like somehow humble. <laughs> Yeah, he's not trying to project like, look, look at me, a baseball badass. He's just like, yeah, whatever. I got work to do. I got work. I'm not gonna hit a home run every time. Uh, I'm not gonna get on every time. 
Yeah. But I am going to walk a lot. <laughs> yeah, and I'm going to work up there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, really good. Like it a lot. Yeah. I would say overall, reds, pretty good. Pretty good. B, All right. I'd say B, B plus. Yeah. Really solid. I'd throw them there. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, very nice. It's better than our team this year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you with can't that, win them all, right? Yeah. yeah that's definitely true. <laughs> we'll jump into it. <laughs> Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Greg. Yeah. Uh, grew up in the Cincinnati area. Uh, sort of. Okay. When did you become uh like a Reds fan? Well, um, the Reds are in my family's blood. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, my dad. Um, my dad used to be a sports writer for, and he followed the Cincinnati Reds for our local newspaper. He he covered sports on the radio in our local radio station. He got out of it to, you know, support us hooligans. Um, <laughs> but it was always Reds. It was Reds, Reds, Reds. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I mentioned Marty Brenneman there before because his voice was the voice of summer for us. Uh, you know, the radio, him and Joe Nuxall. So it was ingrained into my system a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah, I it, it is. Yeah, so it, you were mentioning that it is his last season, right? Marty Brenneman's last season as their announcer. It is. It's his forty sixth season. Wow. Uh, so <clears throat> the Reds are celebrating their one hundred and fiftieth anniversary as a franchise this year, and he's been there for a third of the franchise, <laughs> if you, you know, practically. Yeah, yeah, it is crazy. Like I. Um, uh, Jerry Coleman was the announcer for the Padres when I was a kid. And, and like, I do just remember, like, we'd go to the games sometimes and then we'd leave and we'd put on, like, the post-game show for the car ride home. Oh, yeah. And it's just, like, that voice is so ingrained, was such a part of my experience watching baseball as a kid, mm-hmm. for sure. And then as an adult, I had, like, a job when the Giants in 2010 were uh, – uh, going to the World Series and stuff. I had a job where I couldn't watch the game or anything. I didn't have MLB TV, et cetera. So I would mm-hmm. just listen to it at work. Oh, and yeah. the same with that, like John Miller on KNBR, yep. San Francisco. It's just like, yeah, it's how I experienced a lot of that season. Yep. Uh, for me, it was Tom Hamilton. Uh, I think it was WMMS radio. Um, and yeah, just his home run call, swung on and belted. We love that. <laughs> we also had a pretty um, great uh, TV announcer, George Grand, mm-hmm. who was one of the original uh, Sports Center uh, newscasters oh, cool. when it started. Uh, and he covered the Reds on TV for like 20 years. And my brothers and I sitting there watching. The only thing we could watch together was the Reds on TV uh, without pulling each other's hair out. And, uh, yeah, George Grand was a point where we just enjoyed making fun of him, actually. <laughs> 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 you know, in hindsight, it's actually because he was just a funny guy. He's a, he, he loved the Reds, and his was – he had a few catchphrases. One was uh, when, he, when somebody made a great catch, he'd be like, and he got it, he got it. It was like really high-pitched voice. I love that. And yeah. then, you know, and then so since we're going to touch on home runs at some point, he, uh, you know, his home run call was, and it's going back, it's going to be gone. And he would just really high pitch. 
So, you know, those are those are the staple calls for us, at least on TV. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned it's their anniversary, 150th anniversary? 150th anniversary. And, yeah. So the, definitely one of the first, uh, you know, professional baseball teams. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's controversial. Sure. Uh, yeah. I uh, guess that's true. Uh, major league baseball teams? Well, so, I mean... Major League Baseball before the 19th century was sort of a hodgepodge of like local teams, sort of like our softball. Just imagine our softball going pro in 20 years. Okay. Like it just I do imagine it. Yeah, me too, actually. <laughs> that means we all have to have different numbers and things like that. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was sort of like teams would you know, exist for 10 years and then they would shudder and move or move or something like that. And that's sort of what happened with the Reds. Um, they consider 1869 the first season that uh, of the Reds. Uh, that was the Red Stockings back then. But uh, after about seven or eight years, um, one of the team captains moved them to Boston, and, which they eventually then became the Atlanta Braves through a bunch of different changes. Right, yeah, they were the Boston like Braves for a while. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But Major League Baseball doesn't technically recognize that, but – the Cincinnati Reds organization does and <laughs> sure. you know and it goes back to that tradition like we are you know we we remember oh, we don't remember back then but you know <laughs> the the memory of the time was yeah we have always had a team in Cincinnati so uh it's like what you know it wouldn't be Cincinnati summer without baseball yeah yeah um yeah uh, so they're 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 doing some like celebratory stuff this year right with their uniforms and yeah so they've done uh oh man i don't even know how many exactly but they've they've done commemorative throwback uniforms uh, to commemorate the like significant significant milestones in the franchise's history uh they had uh i have a list of things that coincide <laughs> with some of these actually <laughs> uh well they had they had one of the first um uniforms that the throwback unis that they had was from the 1919 world series which was the reds first world series birth and win against the black Sox. You're right sure yeah. yeah so oh wow yeah yeah immortalized in uh <laughs> oh, wow. eight men out eight men out a yeah. movie i watched recently for the first time i think i listened to one of your other shows and yeah you we, mentioned, I think it. We mentioned it yeah and i was like that's what i'm talking about it's a good movie yeah it's really great yeah. uh that was one of those that we always had on the tv when we were kids and i was like why are we watching this old movie with these old folks and stuff? And I was like, oh, they're playing the Reds. <laughs> the Reds yeah. get kind of like pushed down in that history. Yeah, it, yeah, that is true. That is interesting that it's like just it's just like conventional wisdom that like the Black Sox would have had no problem beating this team. And we don't know. I That was one of the best Cincinnati teams. They won, I think, 96 games that year uh, and 44 losses or something like that. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's what I looked up earlier. And uh, Ed Roush was, you know, uh, he was one of their big guys at the time. Uh, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't get it. This is baloney. <laughs> we're, we're screwed. Have, let us have our glory, you know. Yeah, that's Two, a really good point. One hundred years later, I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's about time. Yeah, somebody's talking about it, right? I think. Yeah, so. we should uh, remake that movie from. You know, we'll give it the Maleficent treatment. Yeah, there we go. There we go. I like that idea. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, um, I loved, I love to talk about history. So I, that's why I have this long line in here, but they had a several other, uh, uniforms that they, and I don't want to talk too much about uniforms because I know you guys just did a show on that. Um, but they had the 1935 reds, uh, uniforms. Um, I wish I had them pulled up right now cause they're really cool, but I'll look it up. uh, 
the that was to commemorate the first night game in baseball ever. Oh, cool. Uh, May 24th, 1935 against the Phillies. Fun. Uh, in in the reason that was allowed to that was made possible was because the year before that uh, the Reds got a new owner Powell Crosley Jr. Uh, and his brother they were big uh, big radio guys they started out wanting to be race car drivers uh, then they got into making radios and manufacturing radio radios they started uh, they then bought WLW which is the Reds radio network and. Uh, shortly after that, they also were the first team to regularly schedule play-by-play games for every game of the season on radio oh, cool. for baseball. That's amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, they made some significant uh, leaps that has still like affect the game today. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, I just pulled up all of these uniforms. Well, I'll, if, I, if I ever remember to post a link in the – freaking description this will be one of them it definitely uh, should be yeah. there's a good history of the reds on that too yeah they, these are all really really cool unis my favorite are with the red pants but uh and maybe the pinstripes with the cutoffs and those happened in the 60s when frank robinson and ted mm-hmm. klazuski and wally post uh well wally post was a little bit earlier he was the 50s wally post is from a town called saint henry ohio which is where my brother lives currently and uh shout out saint henry yeah what up shout out <laughs> <laughs> but it's like uh you know 20 or so miles from my hometown oh cool. so you know local his- yeah, a local, local hero boy. yeah yeah uh th- are, are those the ones that they wore this year without anything th- that they were like sleeveless yeah those are the ones yeah i liked that they did that a lot so, so very fun and funny <laughs> yeah they yeah. they they did that to show off big clues uh Bulging biceps is what they, <laughs> what they call it. <laughs> Thanks for making sure to check your paper there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think of the alliteration. Yeah. For sure. Um, so I, I did have to um, double check. This is a huge uh, left turn here, but uh, I, I have a lot of friends from Cincinnati. I went to school in Columbus, Ohio. Nice. Um, they all... Uh, go hard for Skyline Chili, and I would be mm-hmm. remiss to go this entire podcast without mentioning Skyline Chili. They serve it at the park, yeah? Oh, yeah. Skyline Chili is not your normal chili. Well, not what one would normally perceive as chili, anyways. They put, uh, I guess, the secret element is cinnamon in the chili. Yep. And uh, it's uh, they have several uh, traditional dishes. One, The first one is the three-way which is uh, spaghetti, the chili, which is like meat in their sauce and everything, and then cheese on top, the four-way, and then the five-way. And I think the five-way, the four-way adds uh, onions, and the five-way adds hot dogs. Uh, but you can also sure. get the coney dogs. Um, so they just, you know, the hot dog with the sauce uh-huh. and the, uh, the cheese. Che- uh-huh. It's really delicious. It huh? really is. <laughs> I mean... I I know I love it, but that does that sounds like good ballpark food to me. Oh yeah. yeah, I mean come on, right? Yeah, hot dogs, pork. It's like you know, like I was saying, it, it, it harkens back to that tradition in Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah, that German, the Queen City. Uh, you know, every year they have a sausage fest. Mm-hmm. It's called the Queen City Sausage Fest. <laughs> <laughs> so, Incredible. You know, yeah, right. There's a variety of folks there, so you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, before we switch gears to home runs completely. Are there any kind of last Reds things that you uh, 
want to oh, hit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, so... Because, uh, yeah, they are this long, long historic yeah. team. Very storied history. And yeah. it, it always seemed like this is the thing that um, probably tugs at my heartstrings the most is it seems like about every generation the Reds are able to pull together a team to win. Uh, and it's been a while for us. Um, 70, 75 and 76, of course, the big red machine. Mm-hmm. That's when Marty Brenneman started announcing in 74. Uh, and then in 1990, the Reds went wire to wire, the only team to start the season in first place and hold first place throughout the season. And that was when Lou Pinella was their manager. Mm-hmm. Barry Larkin uh, went you know, I'm going to just throw out some good <laughs> trivia here for all those Reds fans out there. Um, uh, Larkin, Barry Larkin was like, for me growing up, was the icon. He was like the the epitome of class. Yeah, I really liked him a lot when I was a kid watching him play baseball. I mean, he, he was he was probably Derek Jeter before Derek Jeter. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. if, if you wanted to make that kind of comparison. Uh, he was the first shortstop to go 30 for 30 in 95 when they made the playoffs. Um, but... It's it's time for another championship, is what I'm saying. The Reds have the pieces. I think uh, they are trying really hard with their low budget. It's tough in this you know climate when mm-hmm. you have these big teams like the Yankees, who have these unlimited pocketbooks, and then a regional team essentially like the Reds, who are just like we can't afford. You know, we have Joey Votto, and everybody wants to see him win a championship. Yeah. So yeah. I'm kind of hoping he's you know, he got him till 2024, I think. Uh, yeah, and he looked a little worse for wear this year. Yes, he did. He he predicted he was not going to be as uh, struggling as he was throughout the season, and it didn't happen, so yeah, I'm a little bit. Yeah, we, uh, we have an ongoing debate on this podcast about whether or not baseball players are funny, mm. and uh, Joey Votto, I think, is the only one that I will kind <laughs> of admit as a current baseball player, I think he is a very, very funny person. I, I think almost every single one of them is a <laughs> total, you know, him jokester. like his willingness to uh, when he's in at an opposing stadium, be the heel for the crowd <laughs> yeah. is great. Like him refusing to throw balls into the crowds at opposing uh, stadiums and things like that. Is very fun, very funny, and I think everybody knows it's coming from a, a sportsman yes. uh, like uh, position. Yes, for sure. yeah, it is him being fun and having mm. fun. He's and a very intense player. Uh, he do, he thinks he knows the strike zone better than the computer mm-hmm. sometimes, which I he might. <laughs> he definitely knows it better than some of the umpires. Sure, yeah, um, but yeah, he's also you see him his rapport with everybody, fans and everything. He always plays up on his Canadian heritage, which yeah. is really fun. And, uh, yeah, he's a, he's a good guy for sure. And I think that's why he fits Cincinnati so well. Yeah. He just is uh, – he, he's mostly humble, uh, except on the field sometimes. And, <laughs> you know, they just want to see him play. And he, he wants to go out there and play and win every day. So that's what, what we want. He, he bought somebody – didn't he buy something really weird for somebody a on the goat? team? goat? Oh, he bought um, – so Zach Cozart last season <laughs> – uh, had a career year. He was having a great year. As, or no, it was two seasons ago. Excuse me. Uh, and he made the All-Star game. And the joke was, if he makes the All-Star game, Joey Votto is going to buy him a donkey. Because his oh, son yeah. really likes like the donkeys at the zoo or something. Uh, and yeah, he did it. He, he, he followed through on it. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah, that's really good. Very, very fun. That kid's dreams came true. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, that's super funny. 
Um, right. Let's talk uh, homers. Yeah. One qu- last question: Should right. um, uh, should Pete Rose be in the Hall of Fame? Yes. Okay. Let's talk homers. <laughs> <laughs> I could talk about that for a long time, but of course. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, our... we'll have to have you back for that because I'd love to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. I think there's a lot of nuance to that conversation. I think sure. he probably should be too. Uh, I mean, uh, our take usually on this. Is like let everybody let him in. in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean uh, Bonds too. Yeah. Uh, McGuire, Sosa, yeah. p- put them in. I mean, if you were alive '98 and you were conscious of what was going on, yeah. that was the most exciting summer to watch baseball yeah. in a long time. And you can't deprive. And that's sort of what I was talking about earlier about tradition and memory. Uh, you can't take that memory away from people and that summer and what it made people feel like. So, you know. Maybe they took steroids. Yeah, they did. Uh, but <laughs> but it didn't matter. Yeah, I agree. And it's like if if this museum is just purporting to be like the museum of the story of baseball, right? Which is kind of is. I mean, that's yeah. That's a that was like the most exciting and important thing that happened in the last thirty years. Yeah, Give they, it a wing. Give it a wing. Give it a wing. Yeah, they have their bases. They have their bats. They have their yeah. jerseys. Yeah, they have. Yeah. These guys, Barry, you know, Barry Bonds has the most home runs ever. Like, this is insane. Nobody's ever going to get close to that again, yeah. probably. Yeah. Despite what our conversation might lead to. Yeah. Before. So, home runs. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> nice nice transition. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this year, this season has been an, just an absolute banner year for the home run. There's just been a, a, an explosion of home runs across mm-hmm. the league. Suddenly, every player can hit at least 20 home runs. Unless you're on the San Francisco Giants, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, uh, so I guess we want to spend a little time talking about maybe why that is and if we like it and that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, the the prevailing theory is that the ball is juiced, which mm-hmm. I think is something we've talked about on this podcast. But Been that, perpetuated by Verla- uh, Justin Verlander. Yes, yeah, by uh, other players. It's it seems at this point the league that Major League Baseball has finally kind of admitted that something is different about the ball as well, although they're kind of unwilling to say that it's on purpose. Yeah, they definitely said that they changed manufacturers of the ball, mm-hmm. um, but they said the secret sauce or whatever they didn't, whatever that means. Um, I think Verlander has a little bit of reason to be complaining. I mean, not not just because home runs are up. But yeah, when you change a manufacturer, something's going to change yeah. in the ball. And the the science seems to back it up too in terms of the experiments that they've done on it and stuff. Yeah, that's something. I'm not that familiar with the actual science experiments on the ball. Yeah, there've been a few like over the past few years that basically just say like, "Oh yeah, this seems a little bit like through these tests we can figure out that like the stitching is a little bit different, the slickness is a little bit different." Okay. That kind of stuff, which would okay. which would all add you know could potentially add like an additional 20 feet of flight time Mm, 10 to 20 feet which would be enough to uh affect it yeah i mean you know you look at the minor league uh home runs yeah they went from 2018 to 2019 they were up 2,000 home runs it was like 3,000 and change and it's 5,000 and change this year and they went to the ball this year yeah they moved they moved from the minor league ball to the major league ball so yeah that seems fishy (laughs) yes yeah um at the same time i think there are a lot of other facts factors if we assume if we take major league baseball's word for it which you know we're hesitant to do (laughs) there are a lot of other factors uh that i think are at play here 
Um, I think with the rise of sabermetrics, everybody is very into every obscure detail about everything, and each thing kind of tells its own story, right? Um, I, th- you know, I think the way that players are recruited currently, they are we they want players to hit home runs and they want players to walk. They don't want all of that stuff in the middle. Uh, so of course you're going to get somebody who you know bats 250, hits 45 home runs. Uh, and you're going to have two or three of those guys on your team yeah. now. Strikes out a ton yeah. and walks a ton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think that's true. Yeah. Um, what I'll say uh, about, like, especially, like, with Verlander complaining about it, mm-hmm. I think pitchers have uh, a big gripe uh, about the rise in home runs, especially if the ball is anything to consider. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say, I, I mean, I don't – it would be insane to hate having more home runs hit yeah but i will say that having games that score like 22 to 10 or whatever seems crazy and i don't know that i need that yeah but you know i also come from the point of view that there was nothing really wrong with the way baseball was working right but mlb might want to appeal to a wider audience and have it uh those scores just like jump up jump up so it's quote unquote more exciting i don't know uh i had no problem with it and then also like this is only going to lead to pitchers uh, trying to throw the ball harder and weirder, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> throw more junk, yeah. and yeah. they're just going to fuck up their arms more. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're also seeing a trend with pitchers that uh, they're not going as deep into games. Mm-hmm. We're having, you know, a lot more relievers. So it's, I mean, you're seeing that effect. That's the, I think, an effect of the offensive output is like and, and that. And like people are more aware of the health effects of throwing yeah. it all the way they throw it. I think it's, I think it's weirdly like cyclical in a way, because I think maybe the change in approach that teams have had in terms of like focusing more on like hit home runs, walk, strike out mm-hmm. those three things. If you're a hitter, that's what you should be doing. Yeah. I think was a response to pitchers being able to throw 97 miles per hour just every pitcher can just has an an insane arm so the contact you're going to make is not going to be that good unless it's a home run so just try to hit home runs because we're not going to have enough base runners for it to make a difference etc and so like so because pitchers could throw so fast then people tried to start hitting more home runs Mm -hmm. and then because people started trying to hit more more home runs we changed the approach to pitching you know like and yeah, I think it just, everything is not disconnected. Yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely a complex. Uh, it's it's like a complex equation, a complex stew. You change, uh, you know, one element here a little bit, and then you know it naturally adjusts in a different way somewhere else. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I I think it you know ballpark size. I don't know if we should move on to that. Yeah, 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 sure. But, um, you know, I don't think I think ballpark size is definitely something that should be considered. Um, because you're seeing smaller ballparks now or more homogenized, if you will, uh, ballparks. So you're not getting the polo grounds with 500 foot, 505 foot deep center fields and things like that. So, you know, who knows how many more home runs people could have hit. And at those times, there's no way to measure, you know, we have exit velocity and distance that's so easily measured. Now there's no way to go back and get an accurate, you know, measurement in that way to see like, well, you know, there were actually this, you know, a hundred balls that year that would be considered out uh, uh, of ballparks now or something. So there's no way to know that element right, of right. it. So you're sort of missing a, pu- a piece of the puzzle, I think, 
as far as like, oh, is the ball juiced or not? If that's the question we're trying to answer, you you can't necessarily with the with the the information we know. I think as far as ballpark size goes, anyways. Uh, yeah, and it's also a reason like with ballpark size, like why I as I kind of snarkily mentioned, like the Giants <laughs> not having anybody that can hit home runs. Their <laughs> ballpark is not conducive towards no, it's not. for people to hit home runs, especially left-handed hitters. Their right field is super deep. Mm-hmm. Uh, their right center field is like 400 and something feet. Um, and a high wall. It's hard to hit home runs in that yeah. stadium. Um, and that has, you know, their, put them as, like, if you compare their away, their, uh, away record versus their home record this year, they have played so much better away from their mm-hmm. away from San Francisco than they have from uh, 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 in home, and yeah, that probably has had a, an effect on it because just the strategy of how you're trying to have your at bats has changed yeah. so much. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I feel like that is maybe an effect of like okay, so you have the Giants are. I think their Giants are a pretty good team this season. Yeah, they're not bad. I mean, they're at least around the same you know talent level as the Reds. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Reds have a lot of good good players that can hit dingers. I mean, you know, A. Eugenio Suarez, 48, <laughs> to Pete Alonzo's 50, you know. I'm just going to drop that one up there. <laughs> no, but they, they have players that can hit it out, but, yeah, you have this ballpark that's so huge. that So you can't, dis, you can't not consider that, I think. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, but it is this, it, I, I think Brady, you do hit on something here too, where it's like home runs are cool. So like, it's a weird thing to be complaining about. Yeah. They are fun. They are exciting. I want my team to hit <laughs> more home runs than the other team. Yeah. But it, yeah, <laughs> it seems counterintuitive to complain about too many home runs. There is also like diminishing returns like emotionally right watching yes yeah, you know? yeah, yeah 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 i've been in a game where like four or five home runs are hit and it's like by the fifth one you're like jesus i mean <laughs> another home run wow <laughs> bats are big today uh, you know but like one or two home runs when it really matters you know to me that that that's a better story yeah yeah i sure. agree uh so yeah there's been all kinds of records this year broken uh like so many T- uh, uh, the the record for most home runs by a team I think was set last year or two years ago by the Yankees, um, and this year the Twins and the Yankees and I believe the Astros and the Dodgers all broke that record. Oh, the wow. Baltimore Orioles have absolutely destroyed the record of giving up the most home runs in a season. They've just like, they gave up so many more home runs than any team has ever given up before. Oh, the poor O's. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, 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 I've been listening to this podcast for a while called the pause cast, mm. which is Joe Posnanski, who's a sports okay. writer and Michael Schur, the creator of parks and recreation and, <laughs> The, good, the place. good place and Brooklyn Nine Nine, who's a big baseball fan. They have a podcast together where they talk about baseball. And Joe Posnanski put together this spreadsheet that basically lists uh, home run totals. Uh, who like how many, and then saying how many players have hit that many home runs. So how many players have hit one home run? How many players have hit at least one home run? At least two home runs? At least three home runs? Et cetera, et cetera. And this year. Um, uh, they're just on pace for numbers one through 34 to be broken, where more players will have hit 
more home runs and uh, more uh, than uh, at least one home run, at least two home runs, at least three home runs than ever before uh, uh, in baseball history. And that's crazy. I mean, to have – what is it right now? Uh, sorry, hold on. I'm just pulling this up to try to figure it out. 55 players as of today have hit 30 home runs this season. That's insane. That <laughs> used to be something that like maybe four people, I mean, I mean it right. was never that low, but it, like it used 30 home runs used to be a big deal. The prior record was 47 in the year 2000. Wow. Yes. So like the height of the steroid era <laughs> yes. essentially. Yeah. Uh, no, I find that to be insane. Um, yeah, I remember when you you hit twenty five home runs and you're like, dang, I want yeah. that guy on my team because he's hitting a lot of home runs and he's probably got a, he's probably got a hundred plus RBI. Yeah, uh, seventy six players have hit twenty five home runs this year. It is really funny because the last time that all of these records were pretty much set was uh, like twenty seven, twenty seventeen or two thousand. Yeah, it wow. really yeah. It, it ranges Sheesh. the earliest nineteen ninety six, the latest. 2001 so yeah geez holy smokes it really is just like when everyone started doing steroids and seeing the benefit and then hey when the ball got juiced (laughs) so maybe you know what we can glean from this is that okay what did the steroid era really teach us drugs are bad yeah but also home runs are good and we all want to see more home runs and you know with the ma- with Major League Baseball having to compete with other sports leagues, especially the NFL, people want that big pop, that big moment. Yeah. Uh, they want to see scoring. Yeah. I think there's also a theory that the ball may have been juiced in the steroid era, too. I think I might have heard that, too. Yeah. Uh, which, like, doesn't seem that crazy no. either. Yeah. No. I mean, why would the MLB admit that? Right. Of course. They would ne- they're never <laughs> no. going to admit it, but, like. It makes sense. Yeah, they're the one one of the slowest moving, you know, uh, organizations as far as change to rules and you know that kind of thing. Why? Yeah, they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't make <laughs> those things. <laughs> they're like the U.S. government. They would just be like, mm, maybe. Yeah, you make your decision. So when do you think we're gonna see aluminum bats? Twenty twenty two, maybe. Yeah. Ne- next, when's the next collective bargaining agreement <laughs> up? <you know? laughs> <laughs> they might do it trial in the minor leagues, maybe a tri- single A, maybe. Yeah, yeah. With all these rule changes, they're trying to yeah, throw that in there as well. Oh, sure. Why not? Uh, you know, <laughs> aluminum is not technically harder than wood, is it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a scientist. No, nobody knows. Is <laughs> yeah. the thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's no saber metrics for yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, I, I know some of the experience experiments they've done with balls, but not with bats. To see which ones are harder. So. I think there's something to say, though, and I, for the emotional uh, thing that you were talking about earlier, Brady. Uh, I, I actually don't want to see a home run every time. That, that, that It's like, oh, man, a home run would really put, put the game in, tie the game or put us ahead. I hate when the announcers are like, man, a home run here would just really tie it up. Well, yeah, we're all thinking that. We know. <laughs> but I, what I find more interesting is like, some guy going up there who's batting 220 and he's having a hell of an at bat and he's had seen eight pitches because he knows what the pitcher's going to throw because he's got two pitches and and then he goes up there and defies the odds and gets a single and drives a run in and keeps that rally going mm-hmm. yeah and then the next player i mean two players getting hits in a row is like i don't know if it's any rarer than you know home run but uh 
you know, just seeing something like that, that's, it's a buildup. It's a tease. That's what baseball is all about. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Yeah. It builds the, um, it creates some suspense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's what baseball inherently does better than any other sport is it lulls you to sleep so much, but when there's a little bit of hope, you're like, okay, now I have to start paying attention. Yeah. Uh, there's a runner on. Uh, what's going to happen next? Uh, we're down two. Uh, oh, that guy walked. Oh, shoot. What could happen now? And, you know, by the home run, you just eliminate all these different possibilities of what can happen next. Yeah. And I... I want to see something I haven't seen before. I've seen a lot of home runs. <laughs> yeah. Sure. No, I agree with that yeah. completely. Yeah, I agree. That's what's good about baseball, I think. Yeah. Well, what a great place to end on, huh? Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. I think I that was... Yeah. That... Oh, wait. So I want uh, maybe one bit Okay, of great. A, this, a is, this is going to be better than what yeah, you this is said. this is related to our home run conversation. So do you think Pete Alonso, like it gets two questions. Do you think Pete Alonso is going to beat Aaron Judge's record? That's 51 record? home runs? 52. And what, how many he's at like, 50 right now? He's at 50. He's been hitting a hot bat. Yeah, I, I think he is. Think I'll he put is. money on that. I think he is. I'm definitely rooting for him. And then second is Eugenio Suarez <laughs> going to surpass <laughs> Pete Alonso. No, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> He has 48 home runs and 102 RBIs, which means he's hit like 30 solo home runs. <laughs> I, I'm hashtag Team Suarez on this. Okay. I, I, I just here. want him to at least pass Aaron Judge. Yeah, yeah. same yeah. here. Yeah, I'd be good. I would uh, like that. Too. Judge is a pure hitter, but like I like, like I said, I like to see records broken. We like him no matter what the record is. It, we want yeah. it to be broken. Yep, right. <laughs> Especially if it's a Yankee, I want to see every Yankee yes. record broken. <laughs> uh, Greg. What a pleasure. Thanks so much for doing this. It's been great. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. yeah. Hey, we'll see you at McCarran Park. Oh, yeah. I'm going to hit some diggers out there. Okay. We know. Yeah, yeah we know. <laughs> <laughs> Not that many. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. The Bean Ball is hosted by Joey Price and Brady O'Callaghan. Our music is by Louis Aronowitz, and our logo is by Brad Mead. If you'd like to contact us, you can email thebeanballpodcast at gmail.com. Please rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.